You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. We are back from a Christmas and a New Year's break, and we've there's been a lot of episodes that have happened. A lot happens on certain franchises and a lot has not happened in others, but let's start with one of our favorites, Salt Lake. And I feel like we're watching Jen Shaw unravel and I can't figure out why. Like, I don't get why she's so triggered. I don't either. So there was recent talks. We saw something from um, one of our friends, Christian Grace. Now, if you're not following it on Instagram, he he definitely has a lot of hot takes. But based on his profession, he also has a lot of inside sources. And there's talks that she may not be getting coming back because she's a doesn't come across as authentic. And I feel like the most recent episode, last night's episode, kind of shows that. Like I, I it just seems like a lot. Like it seemed a little um over the top. The throwing of the glass was so staged and fake, too. It was like she like stopped talking for a little bit. And then thought about it and then threw it. I mean, like in that moment, I'm like, I've seen a lot of glasses thrown from watching Housewives. And it it just felt like she thought it out too much. And and maybe there was just a lot more alcohol involved. I mean, Whitney was obviously drunk. She couldn't even get the words out. She kept repeating herself and starting over. So maybe Jen was also just annoyed with her. But it just felt like she flew off the handle and I couldn't figure out why. I mean, the whole fight, well, one, Whitney is like Ashley. Ashley Darby level of shit disturbing, intoxicated or not. With <laughs> she's like, wait, I have your back. I'm loyal to you, but um, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that the girls that they're talking to Mary that they're scared to talk to you. But then also, I'm gonna go ahead and tell Meredith that you're talking shit on her marriage. <laughs> it was so weird because she kept being like, okay, I want to talk to you, and then I want you two to talk, and then Meredith, I want to talk to you. I was like. Whitney, this is not how Housewives goes. And you don't have an agenda for one-on-one conversations. You've already put everything out there. Give give Lisa and Meredith a chance to say, yes, we feel that way. No, we don't. Yes, we said that. No, we don't. It just was so weird. And honestly, I'm not team Lisa at all, but I see why she was so annoyed. I Standing there, I've been like, Jesus Christ, get me out of here. I actually thought, I mean, Lisa has some incredible just hot takes. I just like hearing her like, well, uh, you know, um, Whitney's performance, she's been waiting to do this like from middle school. Like she just. <laughs> the shade. She the throws shade. shade. It's just really funny. And I think my favorite part about Lisa is just like her tone of voice and how she talks. She's not quite so monotone like a 
Kourtney Kardashian because she drags out her words a little bit, but she just makes me laugh. I, I mean, it was it was interesting. I don't understand why Shen, Shen, Jen, I'm not drinking, I promise. Jen uh, basically stormed out of the party. That seemed a little much to me. With her son. Let's also back up a bit. Before we like we get to the party, she's talking about how it's going to be Shaw amazing. It's going to be at the, the Shaw level that they've set. And it's going to be this um, wonderful party. And they're going to weave golf and hip hop together. And it's going to be so great. And, and I know it co- probably costs a lot of money to rent out Top Golf, But when I think of like top notch, elegant parties, I'm not thinking about the local Top Golf. <laughs> well, considering the time of year and when it happened, not to, you know, fully defend Jen, she probably had limited options and could easily throw them off because it's at nighttime. You don't really golf at nighttime. Right. I know. I just was kind of like, hmm, I think there's a better way we could have gone about this to make it really amazing. I just don't think Top Golf is a amazing. I also like, think venue. Jen has that disillusionment with Housewives that I love. I mean, we love to see someone who's kind of out of touch with reality. I mean, we talk sh- shit on them and make fun of it all the time, but it makes it entertaining to watch. If you listening, don't lie to yourselves because you know it. But I think even her just saying that she's a better dancer than Whitney. I'm like, Jen, you look like a grandma with those dance moves and you can't blame it on those shoes. You just don't have that much. I mean, all she can do is the worm. I actually will say Whitney can dance. Like she had, she did some good moves. She was drunk. So she fell over a little bit from her, some of her break dancing, like handstand stuff. But I was impressed by Whitney. I've been a Whitney. um, So in, in Abby, you've probably witnessed this. In our younger years, post-college years, I would love a good dance-off. Like, I I mean, if I would be feeling myself, I would have, you know, one too many drinks, a couple shots, and next thing you know it, I'm, like, starting dance-offs with strangers. And I usually pick people that I know won't be good. People who I know are good dancers, I just want to, like, dance with them. don't want to challenge them. But I love well, a good dance-off. So I felt like... Okay. Felt like Whitney. Vanessa, I am completely insulted right now. You have no memory of this, but you started a dance off with me at the where was that place we went for the birthday party? Uh, it was in Clayton. It's now like a restaurant. Kilkenny's? No, uh, the one that always like turned into a, a dance lounge at night, and like you could rent out that little like uh, private Roxanne's. Little... Roxanne's. We you you started a dance off with me, which means you think I'm a bad dancer. So I just want everyone out there to know uh, the context of this insult that oh now we're going to have. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I'm going to be taking I this no to social I, media. I can't even yeah. backpedal on what I just said because I mean, it's out there. It's there now. So I love so to dance with you. Started. You and I, I will say in our younger and I think we'd still do this now. We were up to like some shenanigans dancing. And I always have a good time dancing with you. No, I love dancing with you too. I just think it's really funny. As you were saying, you only pick bad people to do dance off, dance offs with. I'm like, you forced me into a dance off at Roxanne's. I, I mean, you're, no, you're right. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for calling me <laughs> out. Thank you for calling me out. And I'll let Lisa run out. I'm just going to own it. I'm just going to own it. I'd like to disengage. I'm going to be a Meredith. I'm going to disengage from this insult. Uh, I love that she said that again last night too. She's like, I'm not engaging in this conversation. She is so elegant and classy. Any other housewife would have like ripped somebody's hair out, 
would have thrown a drink as well. And she just stood there kind of like, mm, this is a shit show. I, I'm going to go. How do you, ha- like, she's so reserved. And I know people are going to say, oh, she's boring. That's why she's not a good housewife. You need a Meredith in every franchise. And not every franchise has one right now. No, absolutely. She's interesting because she's kind of giving me LVP vibes. And if you guys follow our Instagram, you saw our hot take that we're not fans of LVP. But LVP vibes in the terms of class, a little bit of mystery. You know, she kind of handles herself well in heated situations. But also, I feel like it's not completely innocent in her actions. Like, I have no doubt that Lisa and Meredith were talking shit on Jen. I don't think they're. Oh, 100%. I actually don't think Mary made it up. I think they did individually and maybe collectively say we're afraid of Jen, which who wouldn't be after that display? I mean, I don't know. Jen is Jen is something else. I hope so. I mean, there are a lot of rumors that she's not getting another season. I hope she gets another season. And this is going to sound so bad only because I think there's so many more layers to her. And I think there is. I think there are skeletons in her closet. And I've talked about this before. I I think it's weird. She made it sound like she owned a house when she rents it. I know they all do it, but like she really plays it up. And I just don't think she's as wealthy as she seems. If she has like unlimited funds and throwing like, you know, an $80,000 birthday party, she wouldn't throw out the dollar figure when she was talking about Meredith's birthday party. She also probably wouldn't have had the party at Topgolf. She would have had it at some fancy country club and would have paid for them to have lighting and like a driving range out there for all the, for all the people who wanted to play golf. I just think, I just think she's a little bit of a fraud and I want to see it exposed. And I know that sounds terrible, but that's kind of the fun of housewives is these people come on here and they've got a lot of secrets and they think that they can control the story and that they'll stay hidden and they don't. I want to see Mary get exposed because I have right now like flash forwards of her going to, um, I know it's really, I don't, I'm going to butcher this and how I'm trying to word it. But with, you know, how she's using money from the church. I, yeah, well, I, I feel it, like churches can get, a, I don't know, I, I'm thinking Scientology here because I feel like there's some ways that can get away with certain things. But just the amount of footage with her closet, her hoarding, I like seeing that footage being used in court and like, look at the number of Louboutins she has and you know, I five don't know. Homes. She has five. First of all, five isn't that hard to count to. She's like, oh, I've never counted. And she's like, okay, we have a house here. We have a house in Vegas. We have a house in Florida. They, then she goes Carmel, Indiana, which is actually a really nice like area. I, I've known people that have come from Carmel, Indiana, but I think that's really random that that's like where they have a house. And then they have like one other one. But I, I mean, if you've grown up with all these homes, I wouldn't think it'd be that hard to count them. I thought that was kind of funny. No, I, I I think Mary's just interesting to watch. <laughs> but here's how she gets away with it, though, because they're a non-for-profit. So she doesn't pay taxes. Oh, snap. And we don't know how much she inherited from her grandma. Like her grandma seems well, she appeared said to be very, restaurants. very loaded. Yeah. I mean, so she's paying taxes on that stuff, I should say. But like the stuff that she gets from the church is like donations, I have to check with my husband who's an accountant. I should know this, but I'm pretty sure that was a whole thing with the Church of Scientology. Once they became a non-for-profit, they were able to really keep a lot of the money and not pay taxes. And so I think there's something something to that. But so Mary is the leader of a Pentecostal church and segue right into OC. And Elizabeth basically calls the Pentecostal church she grew up in, in Missouri. And it kills me that she kept calling it misery. Um, she calls it a cult and listening to what they went through, 
like when her brother came to visit and was talking about how he was basically almost beaten to death because he was dyslexic and they thought it was the devil in him causing him to not be able to speak and read properly. And then they had to watch their aunt die. I mean, I just, that is some shit you never get over. And on top of that, she was sexually abused. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma there. And to me, I one thing I did find interesting, and I mean, me saying any of this, how people process trauma, it's person to person. I'm not um, questioning it by any means. But the fact that her boyfriend's name's Jeff, Jeffrey? What's his name? I can't uh, Jimmy. 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 The fact that Jimmy didn't know some of these details. Uh, I mean, I think is one interesting because of, you know, you think with your partner, you'd share that, but also I'm sure she's terrified um, based on just exposing being that vulnerable with herself. I just think it kind of, I just don't know that she's emotionally stable enough to be on TV. No, I I completely, like like I'm worried for her. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a lot there that she has clearly from what we've seen hasn't processed And I hope she gets the support she needs to go through it. And I would even say, I mean, we're friends and friends with Bronwyn. And I, we know she's getting the support that she needs as well to, I just feel like any housewife that's going through something very emotional where it, you kind of worry for their well being, you kind of wonder if they should do that off camera. Yeah. I, I mean, as she started talking about this and I feel like, you know, she's admitting it other than to her brother, she's admitting it to a lot of people for the first time. I mean, Jimmy's probably watching the show with her and is they're going to have to talk about this. I just, it, it like kind of breaks my heart. It's like, she's kind of reliving all this and trying to go through this trauma. And I just don't know if a reality show is the best way to do it. Now there's also to play devil's advocate. There's going to be people to say, people say that actually it's great because she's going to help so many others who've gone through this. And I respect that. I just think for her own healing the show might not be the best. And she's in the middle, like the divorce just happened. I just feel like there's so much going on in her life that this, I it's it's kind of how we feel, like we talked about with Sonia and her drinking and like watching, like, do you feel almost like you're enabling somebody going, like to be going through this? It's, it's a weird complex. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's dark. But, OC's dark. Yeah. It's not very light. It's dark. There's a lot of heavy things going on and we continue- I, to hate watch. I will say as a as a positive, I, could I be Sophie's roommate? So she's getting ready to go to Baylor, and I guess she's actually going to go. I wasn't. I don't know what Baylor did as far as like having freshmen come. Like some places are doing all virtual. Some have the, are having them come to the dorms, but then they're not like allowed to leave until Thanksgiving, and then they're not going to. They were able to leave at Thanksgiving and didn't come back till after Christmas break. But either way. Shannon is basically buying everything for her roommate because she wants it all to be organic and not have weird stuff in there. And you know, for a fact, Sophie is eating Cheetos and some like Target lounge outfit that is nowhere near organic. Oh, hell no. Hell no. She's eating Easy Mac. She's eating pizza. She's eating all the things that aren't organic or natural because I feel like I feel like the kids I knew who grew up with parents that were strict like gain the 15 plus 20. <laughs> like it's like, you know, because they have free access to anything in college. Like we all gain the freshman 15, but I feel like it's, it's like a little more for those who had such parents that were so strict. No, I feel the same way. Like I remember there was a girl in my dorm that, so there's soda machines at the dining halls. Like you can have, you know, as much soda as you want. And she would 
and I think it was a diet soda, but still it was just the amount of soda she would drink at every meal. And she's like, I've never been allowed to have soda at a meal. And I was thinking in my head, well, you're not, you're going to pretty much make up for 12 years of never being allowed to have soda at a meal within your first semester here at Mizzou. And and it's just true. I think there's some people that it's like, they get there and they go crazy. And I'm sure Sophie is just loving easy Mac and loving all the gross junk food that freshmen eat anyway, because it's not like you have a kitchen. So I just think it's funny that Shannon's going to get all organic uh, furniture and bedding and you know, they're eating junk food from a vending machine. Oh, absolutely. It's funny. The irony is funny. But uh, good news is we only have one more episode of OC left and then we are at the reunion. Uh, I, you know, Tamara and Vicky said that they cut it to 13 episodes or 14 or however many plus with the reunion. I think it's, I mean, it's under 16 with the reunion because of um, how bad it was. It could be because of COVID, but it's bad. I mean, it's time to just put the season away. Yes. I'm not going to give it any more time than that. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's chat Dallas, which I'm so happy is back. I was very hesitant. I will say going into it only because I saw the way the Black Lives Matter movement was handled with Kelly Dodd, where production showed tweets of her supporting the movement. Yet there's all this, you know, Instagram stories of her going live, kind of doing the opposite. And so I thought, okay, how are we going to handle the Brandy situation? And before we dive into that, I will just say overall, I'm just so happy Dallas is back. And Stephanie, I missed you. I, I love Stephanie. I mean, Stephanie's the housewife sweetheart. She, I mean, she does no wrong. She's so sweet. I did like immediately that she said, okay, we've all been tested a million times. You'll see us with masks. You'll see us without masks. Like I like that approach that she took on because as viewers and as we're watching all these COVID things, especially in Atlanta, I love my Atlanta ladies, but it's like they pick and choose. And we know Like we know they're getting tested and whatnot, but I almost feel like there needs to be like a disclaimer at the beginning or something just because there's always going to be someone that's going to be chirping, but it just makes it funny to watch when you're like hearing the women like, oh, you know, social distance, we got to be careful. And then doing like completely the opposite of that. Yeah. I appreciate Dallas just kind of holding up to it. I think, I mean, it was smart from an editing note to put that in the first episode Because, yeah, people are still going to tweet. They're still going to comment. But at the end of the day, they put it out there. We're getting tested and we're going to kind of make mistakes. And sometimes we'll be really good. Sometimes we won't. And uh, I thought it was funny, though. Stephanie said, you know, as we're all kind of coming out of quarantine, let's come to my house for a pool party and all sit around and not wear masks. But again, I think they're all getting tested. And we know that some people on the cast got it. And it's a risk they took. But before... We dive too much in. Can we just talk about the dog trainer that Cam has for her new dog, Fancy? I mean, this is like the shit that I like to see more of on Housewives. And regardless if it was her storyline or not, the ridiculousness is like I miss that from Housewives a little bit. Because again, a lot of the times you want to watch sometimes people who are a little bit out of touch with reality doing things that the everyday normal person wouldn't do. And that situation was all of that to me. Like that schedule... The treadmill for the, she's like, so I can be on the elliptical and Fancy can be on the treadmill right next to me. And she's like, oh, mommy daughter workouts, which I'm not like, I am kind of making fun of her, but the fact that the dog's been trained to be on the treadmill, that's impressive. I, so it's funny that you say that. So my sister-in-law, her dogs used to like walk on the treadmill. I mean, they, 
they had a treadmill in their house. They didn't have it for that reason, but it's like good for them to get burnt out, like a lot of energy and stuff. But I just thought it was funny. The whole big schedule that he had and it was in pink and it was like big and like the timing of everything for that dog. I was like, damn, do you want to come and, you know, provide a schedule for my daughter? Because (laughs) I, I would like that level of detail or can we send your, you know, it'd be so funny if you can send your child away and they come back with a schedule and trained and all that. (laughs) I I sent my dog away to a dog trainer for four weeks. She was really just like rambunctious and she's a super smart dog, intelligent, um, which is great for training, but you have to know how to train them. So we sent them off to somebody who did and she came back like such a well-behaved dog for the most part. But uh, we did not get the schedule. We did not get any of that stuff. I did joke that I'm like, do you do kids? And he said that dogs are probably more challenging than kids in a way, because kids will also learn from like peers in school and, you know, dogs, it's like, if they have a bad owner, they're not going like, that's the only where they're going to learn. They're not going to like a school where they're going to have other people teaching them. I just thought that was an interesting insight. Not sure if I agree with it though, after having two young children myself. Oh my gosh. That's, that's so funny. Uh, all right. So garage sale. I'm very confused as to why it was even happening. If they didn't need the money, why not just donate it? I feel like that was complete storyline. I mean, I think that seemed obvious. I feel like at the time of the garage sale, there was a lot, the internet was speaking about it, tripping about it. And I feel like it wasn't based on people's reception. They made it seem like there was like nothing there. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, dig through some Reddit threads or something to find something, but I don't understand that. That seemed a little, honestly, kind of tone deaf, given that we're in a pandemic. There's people who've lost jobs. And for you to like, I mean, have a garage sale, it would be completely different if she said like the proceeds are going towards XYZ. But I, did she say that before I... No, she kind of made it sound like she was trying to still be able to get her dream home again one day. And like, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm like, so I was like, do you, but then she said, we don't need the money. So I was so good. I'm like, well, why are you doing this? And I had the same thought as you donate all those clothes, donate or donate all the money. I mean, there's so many organizations out there that really could use it. Yeah. I feel like donate the money. I mean, if you want, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit in poor taste to me. It seemed just kind of tone death. Uh, well, speaking of tone deaf, let's talk about the whole Brandy video. We've talked about it before. So just for those who maybe have forgotten and they talk about in the show, Brandy made a video making fun of Asians. Uh, she said that she often would be teased that like she looked Asian because she has like more almond shaped eyes. So she made a joke um, and I think she, I mean, it was terrible and watching it. It's kind of like what the stereotypical people sometimes do when they're making fun of Asians, where they like make fun of their eyes. And Tiffany, the new housewife talked about how much that's hurt her growing up. But I just thought it was a lot of Brandy crying and almost being a victim when she was the one who caused this. Yeah. I So here's the thing, like mental health, first and foremost, I want to be respectful of that with Brandy. And clearly this event brought up a lot of things and feelings, whatever it may be with her life um, to the surface. But I don't feel like where I have an issue with the way Dallas handled it. And thank goodness, Tiffany Moon can handle her own as a woman of color. But 
it's also it's like not Tiffany's job to make Brandy feel better. Like I felt like in that conversation with DeAndre, sorry, I'm sidetracking here and I'll circle back to Brandy, but I feel like in that conversation, she's a good person. She's this. Well, guess what, guys? We've all learned, especially in 2020, you can meet a nice person. They could still say something racist or be racist. Like they're not like it's not like one or the other. So and also like let Tiffany process it on their own. I just felt like it was weird that they were kind of forcing that conversation on. I'm sure they're doing it because, you know, to watch you want to whatever get the elephant out in the room but it just felt weird and brandy the fact that you were suicidal and all that i feel for you and i i appreciate you owning it and getting the support you need but i would have i wish i heard more of the things she learned instead of the thing yeah. that she felt i felt like we heard a lot about how she felt versus the things she learned from it and then even, you know, Deandra kind of telling Tiffany, I just felt like there was a lot, I we're, I think we're getting to the other point of uh, how, what Brandy did, how that made other people feel. And we got it to be continued, which everyone knows how I feel about those. But I really like Tiffany. I She is a very smart, ambitious woman. And she, I think, isn't afraid to kind of talk about not like talk. I mean, she's not afraid to talk about who she is, but she's not afraid to kind of put some of these women in their place early on. I wish she would have done it with Deandra at the lunch where Deandra was basically saying it's okay. Cause she's a good person. Like you talked about before, good people make mistakes. But what I love is, so she's having a one-on-one with Brandy and she starts talking about like growing up, you know, my, I, her parents were immigrants. She didn't see them for a while. Then she goes to moves with back together with them goes to the school and everyone makes fun of her because of her eyes and because she looks different and how much that hurt her. And I, I just think it's nice because a lot of times on housewife shows, when people do something wrong, we just hear them say, I'm sorry. And we hear like how sorry they are and how, like you said, how they felt. We don't get to see or hear from the people that they actually hurt. And so this is really, I think a good moment for us to see Tiffany talk about how that made her feel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, so that's, I mean, that was Dallas. It is, uh, a to be continued. So we'll see more of the conversation. I, I know I'm excited for the season. I think that Tiffany's a great addition. I also love the friend of the fiery redhead who showed Brandy her vagina. She seems like she's going to be a hoot. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing Leanne. Oh, no, I'm not missing Leanne. That chaotic energy. I mean, we've dealt as, <laughs> As a society, we've been through a lot, and uh, I don't need that. But uh, all right, so before we start breaking down Atlanta and talking a little bit about Potomac, we uh, wanted to take a little bit um, of time to talk to you guys about our health goals for 2021. If you've been following along on our Instagram, you know that we both have been focusing more on our health, and we are really excited to have partnered with FitTrack and we've been using their Dara Smart Scale. And what I love about it is it gives me so much more than just my weight. When you think of a scale, it's like, okay, I find out how much I weigh and like you kind of live and die by that number. And that doesn't really show an accurate picture of your health. So being able to see things like my metabolic age, how much water I like, you know, how much of me is water, my muscle and bone density, it just gives such a bigger, broader picture of your health. And I, I'm really excited as I continue to work out more and eat healthier to see how some of my metrics change. 
And Vanessa, I know you like you kind of quickly became addicted to it as well. Yeah, no, I I love it. You guys know Abby and I are like Peloton people, so join us there. But we also, I mean, I'm focusing on my health because I do have high blood pressure, and it's not just about weight loss, it's just overall health. And so I love that the Fit Track kind of has 17 different metrics. And like Abby said, there's muscle mass and hydration levels, and there's all sorts of different information just to make you overall healthy. It's not just about the weight loss. It's just about how, how you feel healthy. So stop measuring weight and start measuring health with Fit Track. Go to fittrack.com slash real moms to take 50% off your order. And for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 10%. That is G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K.com slash real moms to save 50% plus get an additional 10% off your order. This is a limited offer. Uh, so please uh, make sure you act fast at getfit.com slash real moms. And now we're back to Atlanta and we've missed like three episodes of Atlanta. I feel like there's a lot to to cover here, but the, I feel like the one thing that's like sticking out to me is I don't get how Cynthia doesn't understand why Mike is so upset with her behavior towards the wedding. I don't either. Cynthia, that's a whole nother. I mean, the theme of this episode today is like disillusionment and housewife. I don't understand it. It's like Cynthia, it's a pandemic. You've talked about 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Just get married. I mean, ugh, the fact that Kenya had to kind of call her out <laughs> on it to kind of get her to see it. That, I mean, that says a lot right there to me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I was shocked that Kenya was the one who was like, girl, what are you doing? I mean, her sister's telling her this. Mike's telling her this. I can't figure out what the thing is though. Cause she said she like all along, you're like, you're right. It's that date. So stick to the date and have the wedding. And then it's hard watching because I know in the end, I feel like she kind of looks like a little brat because she ends up getting everything she wanted. She has a massive wedding. She keeps the date. And I don't know. It's, it's I don't, I feel like it, if I were a bride watching this right now, I'd be so pissed. Cause I'd be like, girl, you got everything you wanted. And I know so many people that have either had to cancel or not cancel, but like postpone weddings or dramatically alter their plans. And so it's probably really frustrating to see somebody complain about all this. And then in the end have exactly what they planned. No, absolutely. It's, it's really, really um, frustrating and annoying to watch truthfully. Like it's just, it's really annoying. I mean, Ralph and Drew, I don't even want to Ralph and Drew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, Ralph and Drew. That's right. Sorry, say it, saying it together out loud made it sound funny. Ralph is such a weird name. It, like I know like, you just never hear that name. No, you don't. And I think that's what threw me off. But I'm just kind of those two. Ugh, it's like, uncomfortable to watch, honestly. I. It's hard because like we don't. I don't really know much about either one of them, and obviously she's a new housewife. But I don't even understand how these two really like fell so hard for one another. There just seems to be so much like love and compassion missing from them when they were in their couples therapy. And he said, they talked about what they needed more of. And, you know, she wanted him to love her son from a previous relationship in like the way that she, he loves their other children. And she talked about that and she's talking about real things like needing support and needing to be able to trust him and all this stuff. And when it's his term, he says he needs sex. That's all he needs. I mean, sex and respect. It's gross. He's gross. 
I don't really foresee if she continues to be on Housewives. I don't see how they continue to be married. Like he's he's starting to you know get a look good comfortable on our house husbands Hall of Fame in terms of being like the, the worst of the worst. So he's getting ready for his little uh, footstool there. I don't know. <laughs> He'll he's definitely like going to be in the top five when all is said and done. The problem is there are so many assholes out there that are way worse. I mean, I don't know how anyone ever tops Marchese as far as I don't either. I don't either. Horribleness, but I will say like watching Atlanta, I feel like the casting and I know we're in a pandemic and everything. It just feels so disjointed watching it. Do you feel like that? It feels disjointed. And it also, it feels I kind of can't figure out if any of them are really still truly friends because obviously Kenya and Portia have their beef and Portia doesn't know it, but a party's being planned for her to celebrate all that she's done for black lives matters. And just, you know, her devotion to it, which is very, very well-deserved. Kenya was kind of invited then kind of not by Portia's sister. And there's obviously going to be some drama there, but I felt like I can't figure out if Candy and Cynthia really carry their way. Like, I think they're kind of friendly with both of them, but it doesn't feel like they're like, I get like Kenya being upset, but I feel like if I were candy, I'd be like, well, this is really just about Portia. Like, it's not about you being there. It's just about Portia. So if you are really proud of her, send her a text later that night. It just felt like, I, I just can't figure out if any of them are really friends. And then Latoya's in the mix and she's going to be a shit show. And like the only one I really love is Marlo and she gets like two minutes of screen exactly. time. And that's it. No, I just feel like I like the OGs. Cynthia, all she's adding is just a stupid wedding that we, I mean, I feel like the more I watch and hear her talk about it, the more annoyed I get about it. Candy, I feel like deserves a little bit more screen time, but her life is so like well put together. All she, she adds <laughs> shade. Portia Luther King is doing her thing with social justice. And I, again, I love the sentiment of that party. I do feel like having photos of victims of police brutality felt a little in poor taste in terms of it being like part of party decor, if that makes sense. Like, I, yeah, know, that it wasn't wasn't the, like- I know that wasn't the intent. I know it was all positive intent there, but I feel like anytime you use the word party, uh, you know, I felt like it should have been more like we're having a like uh, a a black lives like it's not and it wasn't all just about black lives matter, but like they were having more of just like a gathering to discuss the climate of the world and to memorialize those who have died at the hands of like police brutality. If that was more of the feeling, I would have been okay with it. But I agree with you. It's like this was supposed to be a party and a celebration of Portia. But then there's pictures of people who basically were murdered or were murdered, not basically, I'm sorry, were murdered, kind of like included. I agree. I, it felt weird to me. I, the whole, I don't know. I love the idea of the party, but I feel like it, the whole concept was kind of odd. Yeah. I like the intent of it. Um, I appreciate, you know, continuing the conversation and Portia using her platform for greater good. I just think the execution was a little bit off. Yes. I, I completely agree. Um, so then, but the, before she gets there though, I will say, I mean, as messy as LaToya is, she like candy nailed it on the head when she said she is Kenya on steroids. And I think she was even like, y'all know that. Like, I think she wouldn't be like, do you know what you casted? She was sitting there with, I keep forgetting the girl's name, but she's married to the older guy that had the pool party. 
And I think they're angling to get this girl in either as a future housewife or a friend of, especially because knowing Tanya is going to make a little bit of an exit after the bachelorette party. So the, this new girl's in there and Latoya's like, oh, you look like you'd be a person who date older men. And then like, she was talking about her previous husband and she's like, was he older too? I was just like, damn, like you do not hold back. No, she doesn't hold back. I just, I appreciate, you know, the, what she brings to the table. I just feel like it's too much. It's a little bit too much. And I just don't feel like she fits in with the women. Like I, I'm just kind of struggling with the energy of the cast a little bit. I agree. I feel like I need to, I need to feel like somebody in here truly is friends and like really is close. Because like, even when you look at OC, which is not having a great season by any means, but I do feel like you can tell Bronwyn and Shannon, and I don't know where they're at now, where we're friends. You know, Bronwyn was like offering to like have Sean drop stuff out for the girls and like help any way she can. I get the feeling that Gina and Bronwyn are really trying to become really good friends. Gina and Emily truly are friends. Like there are some people there that like, you feel like there's a real genuine friendship. And I'm not, I'm just missing that in Atlanta. Like who really, who is Portia really close with besides her sister? Yeah, no, I mean, she's, you're right. I'm like thinking It's just, it's weird. Yeah, it's just. And that was what I loved about Atlanta. I know, it's like the friendships and everything that how they support each other. I don't know. I don't know, ATL, we'll keep watching. I mean, I'm. They'll pick it up. They will. I I can't wait for the, I mean, Cynthia, Cynthia's biggest contribution to this season we already know what it is. It's going to be that freaking bachelorette party. True. <laughs> and we owe her for that. I mean, we, when we get to strippers with face shields, I'm not going to care who's friends. I'm going to dive right into that. <laughs> so with I, I'm well aware that I'm going to critique this and say, it's not like I'm not loving it. And then I'm going to quickly like <laughs> Vanessa always owns how she flips. I'm going to flip and I'm going to love it, but I just, I want to get to that flip quicker. Yes, absolutely. So Potomac, Potomac blessed us with an amazing reunion since it yeah. feels like, well, an amazing reunion. So we thought, I'll, yeah. we thought. so instead of breaking down all the details of the reunion, we want to talk about what has happened after Monique left. Were you surprised? I was because she was bragging about getting a contract and it just seems it is very rare. And Andy has said it, they'll make it look like a housewife leaves on their own, but nine times out of 10, they are not asked back. So I was really surprised by that, that after the reunion and after she already had a contract, she comes out there and says, I'm not returning. Yeah. But I get, I get why. No, I totally understand why. So since part three aired, there's been a lot of um, unraveling of the Potomac reunion in terms of what we didn't see. So Monique, basically, I feel like that was the nail in the coffin was part three of the reunion in terms of how she was portrayed. She decided to quit. The universe was like, wait, what? You know, Monique is quitting. Um, And then we're having people coming out and support of Monique out of the woodworks, just talking about how much of the how much was not shown at the reunion, including an alleged outburst that Giselle had. Like she apparently allegedly had a massive meltdown that was not shared. I think that tracks though, because if you look, I was so excited for part three. I'm like, all right, we're going to get more of this book. Chris talked about how, or yeah, Chris talked about how like the women, like there was like a little bit of a 
a scuffle and there were people, Jamal, Pastor Jamal saying that Chris like tried to attack the women, which I never saw. So I was just thinking, okay, there's like so much more to this. We're, we're going to get a lot of good stuff. And it fell so flat. And Giselle was basically non-existent in part three. She would talk, but she had no emotion. She was so monotone. And she would even say things like, I, I won't even talk about this with, with, with certain people in the room. It was so bizarre. So the outburst makes sense. I think she had a huge outburst, decided I'm going to shut up from here on out. I just can't believe they didn't show it. I can't believe they didn't show it either. And if you think about it, Monique tweeted after the reunion, well, I slept like a baby. So you would think like, you wouldn't think a housewife would quit if she felt really good about how she came out of the reunion. So there's a lot missing there. And based on, you know, we have some sources and people that, you know, slide into our DMs with some things. And truly from what we're understanding, there's just some things that was that were not shown. Um, allegedly, the live video, the infamous live video where Candace talks about the plot line, that was discussed in the reunion and we didn't see it. There's a producer, Bravo Bravo, Decking Bravo, one of our Insta friends. She posted a video from a, I'm not sure if he's a producer or not, but he shares some more information. It's all like about the Giselle outburst. There was a tweet, I think from P- Peach Report Daily, just again, alluding to the fact that there should have been more shown there. So it's it's really weird. It seems to me that Bravo is protecting Giselle for whatever reason. And, Can- and Candace for some reason. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I agree. I just think, I think there's so much more that didn't happen that wasn't shown. I, I believe a lot of the theories out there, much like you, like we had a lot of people say that Monique was told that this was one of her best reunions. If you watched that, I don't think you would say it was a great reunion for Monique. So something happened there live that we didn't see that, you know, when it was aired, the sleeping like a baby thing. I mean, if I would have watched that, I don't think I would have slept like a baby if I was her. So there's just, there's a lot of stuff missing and it, it just just feels so weird to me. I know like they'll say like, Oh, like certain people's stuff was basically completely cut out of the reunion. And usually it's cause it's, they're, they're boring. Like we've heard rumors that Emily is going to be non-existent at the OC reunion because she, other than Shane having COVID, she doesn't really have much to talk about. So I get that, but this is like something fans would love to see. And I just, even if they're trying to protect somebody, I'm just shocked they wouldn't want more ratings or want to somehow build it up where Monique gets a redemption season. How yeah. many people would have tuned in for that? I know. I feel like we all would have watched it. The only logical thing that to me that would make sense, but I feel like they should just say it, is if there was like legal implications or something. I don't know. Like if yeah. Jamal, this is all theories here, alleged. Like if Pastor Jamal's like, I'm going to you know, go with a defamation lawsuit or like, I'm just thinking of things that would prevent that footage from being shared. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing too, uh, that Monique, uh, talked about more is the reason why she didn't apologize, kept getting brought up a lot. And there was some editing there about saying like she was getting bad legal advice. What we don't see is that they made it seem like several days, almost like weeks pass after the assault and Candace presses charges, but apparently it happened just a few short days after so that, you know, the next day, the big thing was there was a lot of stuff out there on blogs that it was Candace who started the fight, not Monique. And Candace was really pissed off. Well, apparently like shortly after that, like within like 48 hours, she then files suit. So Monique said 
based on her legal advice, which I shared this with Vanessa, I remember taking driver's ed. And the first thing they told me is if you're ever in a car accident, don't immediately say sorry, even though that's something that you instinctively will do because apologizing is in a way admitting fault. So I am sure that the lawyers said to Monique, do not be filmed saying you're sorry. Do not text her you're sorry. Do not even like issue any form of an apology until this is resolved legally because any type of, you know, showing acknowledgement and saying that you're sorry would basically be admitting fault. That was never talked about either. And the timeline that we were kind of given made it seem like weeks had passed and that wasn't the case. No, so I don't know, I, just all that's coming forward, I'm like really torn. I'm still not team Monique or team Candace though. No, I'm team no one. I mean, I'm ultimately you don't want people to behave. I don't know. I'm team no one. I, I don't think anyone wins in that situation, but I do feel like we didn't get the full story and I want a part four. I want to know why. I feel like someone's going to figure it out or there'll be like a huge theory that I'll probably, you know, maybe believe or not, but I wish we would have saw it. I think we were owed it. I mean, like it was a great season. So I'm not saying like, oh, we suffered through a tough season, but most of us are suffering through some tough seasons on other franchises. So give us this moment and give Potomac its moment. It had a wonderful season, maybe one of the last few really good ones before COVID hit. And now it's kind of, I feel like it ended a, a great season on a sour note, knowing that there was just so much we never saw. Um, so there's my two cents. Yeah. There's our, there's our hot take on everything Potomac. Um, one side note, just so you guys are aware, Salt Lake is in the process of filming their reunion. So we'll share everything that we know there. Um, if we get any tea or get any information on contracts and who's coming back. Yes, definitely. Um, so with that, we are at our shout out. It feels weird to do a shout out. I know we've gone really over. Um, but just given the climate of everything, we are still doing a shout out. Um, and our shout out is going to Bridgerton, which is like just the most amazing show on Netflix. I'm five episodes in. Vanessa finished it and I swear you finished it in two days. I think I probably did. I think I probably did. It was a welcomed distraction. It's amazing. The Duke of Hastings is the hottest man I think I've ever seen. But also I want to take the just take a moment to say like we are always talking about your mental health and what happened yesterday. I mean I think we'd be remiss to not mention it, but I do want to say if you are be in touch with your mental health and take a break from watching the news or reading anything, Bridgerton is a welcome distraction, a highly recommended distraction from um, from us to you, but just be in touch with that. It's okay to disconnect, disconnect from content. It's easy to be glued on our phones, especially during a pandemic, but take care of you first. There was a lot, um, a lot of things that personally, it made me feel sad and I had to take a little bit of a break and what better way to do that than with the Duke of Hastings. Oh God. He's, he's perfection. I, I completely agree. Uh, and also this feels like a really weird time to plug it, but we, uh, have a bonus episode coming out on our Patreon where Lucy from Lucy on the ground and Vanessa, do a deep dive review of Bridgerton. So I was not part of it because I did not was not able to watch all the episodes quick enough. And I can't wait to listen once I finish this. Yes, course. it's actually out now on our Patreon page. So patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo. And uh, with that, we will catch you next week.